episode of the Hero Ball Podcast. I'm Richard Davidson, and I'm joined by my good buddy. And I, I, I need to add this in here. A guy who's happy about a, a, a finals win, Ethan Hoffman. Welcome, Ethan. Yeah, today's a good day. I shot an 83 in golf, um, so I beat the two guys I was playing with. Now, Rick didn't play to his averages. He would probably beat me if he did. Um, the Heat win game three of the finals, and the Eagles won the football game. Good stuff. It's a, it's a good time all around, except for when we, um, you know, lay, lay, lay a little bit of, of sauce on, on one Jay Crowder hitting some points. Oh, the worst, actually, because I did lay some sauce on Jay Crowder hitting the over total, and... I for some reason after I made the bet I'm sure I, I'm sure I read it right and felt good about it when I made the bet but for some reason in my head I reduced it down to 11 and a half instead of 12 and a half points and so when he got his 12th point in the game I celebrated I was like yes we're in the money good bet Ethan and then I I look at it later and uh yeah, it was 12 and a half and so I was deeply disappointed that I got so excited he probably would have scored another point had I not celebrated yes I mean of course it's I mean listen Watching the Lions game today, uh, we get our cat. Um, he's he's a little he's a little, little little round man, and we we um, we got a little Lions jersey for him, and you know it, it came in last week was the first time he wore it the whole time. So obviously that impacted things, um, and and we got him in it for for the first quarter today, going great, but then he ran upstairs and it just it went downhill from there. So I mean obviously, gotta put a leash on that guy and keep him around you. For sure, for sure. But, hey, we're here. It's a 2-1 finals. I'm just excited that there's actual, you know, an actual series to talk about. I was a little bit, you know, wary of thinking to myself, oh, man, you know, we're going to hop in the pot on Sunday, and this is 3 It's just, it's just going to be, a, you know, us being sad. And guess what? We don't, we don't have to be wallowing in our sadness. Um, we, can, we can actually talk about basketball and the intricacies of what's taking place what we're seeing, and we, you know where we go from here. So, uh, well, just just to kind of you know get us here, Bam and Dragic being out is tough. It's tough. Both of them have played approximately a half of basketball in the uh, first three games. Um, Dragic with his plantar tear, and Bam, I'm um, reaggravating the shoulder injury that we. I'm assuming he got blocking Tatum at the buzzer, and. Um, he also like pinched some kind of nerve or something in his neck, which is like not allowing that shoulder to like heal up or like get full feeling and full range of motion. And so he's having a tough go of that. Um, I honestly, Richard didn't have, not have a lot of faith in the Heat's ability to win any games without Bam. I was hoping that he would just be back for Game Four if we were to lose tonight, which I I had anticipated, and he would help us not get swept. He would help us move on without an absolute embarrassment but hey at this point we're looking at jimmy butler having a career game a career night a 40 point triple double i know triple doubles aren't a uh, a stat that i cling to and say this is a standard of a good game it is a joke that i say it's a standard of a listen, good game listen but tonight we, was I mean, amazing jimmy butler had a good game today and lebron james did not he was he was two assists shy so jimmy butler did it all for miami scoring 40 points or 40 however many points he had 40 and on the dot, well, on the dot. This incredible, incredible game for that guy. Uh, I was nervous with him, Richard. He was throwing the ball around a lot, scared to lay, lay it in. Not one three-point attempt. It's, 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 an, it's an old school 30, sorry, old school 40, um, where we're doing it all with, you know, 14 for 20 in the, from the field and 12 of 14 from the free throw line. So he makes it easy to do the 
non-Jimmy Butler three-point attempts, huh? This, like, so Jimmy Butler, not only doing it on the offensive end, but at the same time, you know, defensively, him having the primary task of LeBron James, right? And, and I mean, obviously, they're doing, um, there's some zone stuff taking place as well. But as, as you like to point out, Ethan, it, it seems to be one where we kind of have a box and one with Jimmy Butler on LeBron James. Um, and if you know, they're trying to get switches, but it, the adjustment that they made this game versus game two is one where, hey, if, if there's a switch, we're going to hedge hard, allowing Jimmy Butler to get back, and LeBron's going to either have to get rid of it or just have to say, all right, well, I guess I'll go against Jimmy now. And I've wasted approximately four seconds trying to avoid this. Yeah, it's almost like it's almost like there's a 28-foot alarm. Once LeBron's within 28 feet, Jimmy Butler has to come back. He has to get to the ball. And, like, it's okay to have Duncan out there hopefully pushing him back to Jimmy as long as he's out from the uh, the three-point line. But it, it that's where I first noticed it because Jimmy was kind of like a low man LeBron side. And then they would kind of rotate it around. And then he would be low man, like just following LeBron. But as soon as LeBron stepped up to that three-point line, here comes Jimmy and and Duncan or whoever was the high man falling back to wherever the the closest man was like cutting to or f- fading towards. It was, I think, a really good setup. Yeah, and so that's been kind of how they've taken there. And then, especially early on here, obviously Anthony Davis gets into foul trouble, um, and maybe foul the, the third foul can could be you know, up for debate, you know, as far as like, oh, did he deserve that one or not with the, the you know, charge block, Kelly Olenek. Uh, but offensively, even before all of that, he was pretty pretty worthless because it was just an early, whenever he ca- caught the ball in the spot where he was incredibly effective from in game two, just the double team went, right? And, and we're doubling him. We're going to make him make the right pass and make him get rid of it and allowing him, he only took an obviously you know, he's in foul trouble, but 33 minutes and you're taking nine field goal attempts. He was six for nine, right? So pretty efficient, 15 points, still a bad game from Anthony Davis uh, because it's not as if he had a bad game because he was missing a bunch of shots. He just wasn't able to, to get them off and put himself in a position to take them. And so that's where um, them sending the double whenever he was within inside the three point line, um, it really was the, that was basically the adjustment that that's bolster made. And so, um, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that going forward, but Ethan, here's what I want to do today. Uh, a week ago, we had five questions that we asked, um, you know, thinking before the series, we can't just say LeBron, Anthony Davis, um, those are the best two players in the series. So the series is over. We wanted to make sure we took a deep look at it and point out things that even Lakers fans or, or Miami Heat fans should be thinking about, should be questioning, um, and trying to figure out what the answer is going to be. And the first of those five was, who who babysits Duncan Robinson, right? Who does it? Game one started, and I was very keen on paying attention to this. Danny Green was, you know, started on it, but it's been a number of people throughout the series, especially since, you know, Danny Green tonight playing, you know, 17 minutes, and just being really ineffective, Duncan Robinson played 39, so obviously he's not the only one out there. Um, what, what have you noticed with how they've defended Duncan Robinson, even though Duncan Robinson has played very poorly um, as far as his uh, making shots goes in this series? 
Yeah, I would classify their defense on Duncan Robinson as whoever their active most active guard is is who gets the initial look at it, right? So it's it's Danny Green when he's out there. It's KCP when Danny Green's out. And then from there, it's Alex Caruso in terms of when they're in their half-court defense. That's who gets the start on it. But they quickly are able to switch. They are very paranoid about him getting freed up. I think there's only, I've think i only seen him take one wide-open three, and he missed it because he rushed it because he was so happy to be wide open. It was the one he got in the corner. I think it was towards the end of the second quarter, if I'm not mistaken. And that was a Caruso mishap. A Caruso um, stepped up to the ball, and he actually should have been fading to that corner with the shooter but basically they're putting the active guard on Duncan Robinson and it's working really well he is taking a lot more difficult shots he didn't make a single bucket in a in game one but he only took three attempts and it's because he was very actively passing out of some shots and I think they got into his head a little bit with how much pressure they put on him I think Eric Spolster basically got into his ear and said listen we just need you to shoot we need you to shoot we need you to be aggressive in your shot taking because it still opens up the defense yeah in in some of those game ones where he was passing you know uh they would have danny green or whoever it was um you know chasing him around and they would do a hard hedge every once in a while but he was able to on those hard hedges which you know temporary doubles he was able to make the right pass um you know to bam or or whoever whoever it was up, up, up at the high post Feedy weak side, Jay Crowder three, right? He was, able, he was able to find his way to make plays for other people and lead to three on four, um, you know, possessions. And uh, it, it was, even though he was shooting poorly in the game one, it was, he was still impacting the game. Although, like you're saying, Spolster saying, hey, you're only taking three shots or whatever. We need you to take more because even if, you are missing your shots because you're. It seems like you're forcing it. It's still making the making the Lakers defense have to pay attention to you because it's not like a regular guy who, like Danny Green, is you know a notable guy who shoots threes. Well, guess what? Danny Green is shooting very very poorly, and you might be able to sag off of him a little more, like they are right there. You can give your attention elsewhere. You can't do that with Duncan Robinson. If you give your attention elsewhere and you're not focusing on him. He will make you pay. So you, he needs to not take himself out of the game. And and so I think with, with Spo making sure that he continues to take shots, that's basically what he's trying to do. Hey, you can't let that you can't let that get in your head, right? And you have a little Tyler Hero in you and be ready to shoot. If you even if you missed the last six three pointers, we needed to take those shots. We made the distinction on pre pod and maybe even in text that um, Duncan hunts shots. He's not like Danny, like you said, Danny Green, who accepts the jump shot, who KCP, who accepts the jump shot. Duncan is running around all the time with purpose of getting a shot off, not just to uh, spread the floor out. It's the whole gravity thing with Stephen Curry when he gives up the ball versus what some guys like James Harden will do. They give the ball and they sit there. Just like Steph Curry's hunting an easy shot, that's what Duncan Robinson's entire job is off ball is to hunt a shot. And it's, it's why I think eventually – I think maybe it's game four. Hope, I hope it is that he's going to have the, the, the breakout where he shoots uh, 60% or back down to 40 because he shoots 12 times. Right, right. And and what, what, the, what the difficult thing I think for him as well is since Bam is going down and he really didn't take as many, right, he make, making a lot of those passes in, in game three, um, he really hasn't been shooting the types of shots that he's comfortable with. I mean, he's still, he can still do a catch-and-shoot three, right? He can still you know, and do a, a movement three where he's catching and shooting. But the Bam Duncan DHO game that is so central to what Miami does a lot of the time 
is not there because, or, or they're very limitedly with someone else operating in the BAM role because BAM is out. And so I think that if BAM is able to come back in, even if BAM is on 100%, um, you know, I think that that helps Duncan Robinson quite a bit. And perhaps you can find him being a little more comfortable, not pressing in, in, in I don't know. Again, he still needs to shoot, but some of the shots that he's taking do seem like, okay, you're forcing the issue maybe a little bit too much. Maybe this helps get him back into his rhythm. Who knows? Although, if Anthony Davis is the one close now and you, and you take the shot, maybe the Heat get the offensive rebound. Like, again, I honestly don't, don't think it's ever a bad shot for Duncan Robinson to shoot, even if he's heavily contested. Like, I, I, I trust him that much. If he thinks he can get it off, I want the shot going in the air. I agree. I agree. So, um, even though... Uh, he's been missing a lot. He's still drawing, uh, you know, just as much attention as, as he would even if he was making them. So um, that's a big thing. But it, it seems as though we've kind of figured out the way that they're going to approach it. Although I guess we'll see it once Bam comes back because we we need to see a healthy Bam um, run that if if he does come back. All right. Um, we were curious um, with. Who does Bam primarily guard and who primarily guards Bam? Those two questions, which we really didn't only have about a half of basketball to figure out. And, well, who does Bam primarily guard? He, you know, it wasn't Anthony Davis. Should have been Anthony Davis. Yeah. I mean, especially if, you know, like like what ended up happening in game two where we really had, you know, no one really of no. I mean, Jay Crowder was there, um, but... Because they were kind of running the zone, that was by like kind of by choice. Like wherever Anthony Davis wanted to go, uh, as they were putting their smaller guys um, down in the bottom of that zone, he could just go to wherever he wanted and catch it and rise up over the top, and that was it. Because they weren't sending the double like they needed to. So having Bam out there, if they're playing man, I, th- I think that you have to you have to do that unless. Again, you want Bam to be off ball, and you're still sending doubles to Anthony Davis. If you're doing that, then then okay, I can I can I can live with that. But if you're not doing that, then it has to be Bam. Yes, yeah, so I don't know if we were planning on getting this a little bit later, but this is the appropriate time. If Bam comes back in the series, I think with LeBron and AD both on the court sharing. I think you still go a lot of the box and one tendencies with Jimmy Butler picking up LeBron again. It's like when he gets within that like three point line. When he if he's taking deep threes, you know what? Let LeBron shoot a deep deep three. That's fine with Duncan like you know flashing to him. But when he gets into that like you know two feet behind the line and in the twenty eight feet like I mentioned, that's where Jimmy's got to go get it. And I think the same thing the same can be said for Anthony Davis coverage. Bam needs to be a bit of a rover shading towards Anthony Davis. And as soon as he gets in, I would say like 18 to 15 feet, probably even maybe, maybe leaning towards the 15 foot side. That's when Bam needs to go. And it can be a one-on-one with Bam, but if he's out, if, if Bam can't get there, you send the double, but it's kind of like a tri- uh, triangle in two with, with those two players. I think it's the best way. Let the others attempt to win the series. Do your best to contain Anthony Davis and LeBron. And, and at the same time, people are like, oh, well, I mean, you know, box and one triangle two. Those are kind of junk defenses. Well, here's how, just how you have to think about them. Think about them as um, just a switching defense that you just never switch off of LeBron James or Anthony Davis with their guys. Just think about it that way. And, because really, that's what it is. It just being in something like a box and one or a triangle and two just helps you have players spaced, um, spaced in a way that they can be more consistent with the angles that they're attacking from uh, defensively. And and so I'm, yeah, I'm a little less concerned with 
um, with them if they decide to take that approach. I, I think I like that idea, um, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see what, what Spo decides to do if Bam comes back. The Heat are already admitting that they're cowards. They're not. They're playing zone. What's what? What is there to lose at this point? Like, like you're not. The Heat don't have five guys who can guard this team and also score on the other end. They, they, we don't have that combination. So you have to get creative. And again, I think I think you know the boxing one or triangle and two or is is a little like not exactly what Spo's going to do. I I really like my idea of like these certain like. Uh, pr- goal proximity um, attacks because at that point, okay, you trust Jimmy with LeBron when it's just him to the rim. You trust Bam and Anthony Davis when it's, you know, that 18, 15 foot range between him and the rim. But if I, if, if Anthony Davis is spacing out for some reason at the three point line and LeBron wants to drive on Jimmy, Bam is there to help. He's still in the part of the zone, but if Anthony Davis in close proximity, he's got a stick, and you got to trust Jimmy to keep LeBron from an easy bucket. Here's where, I, and and I agree with that. Um, and here's where it might be: we don't want Bam to be just solely on AD, and it ends up being that you need Bam or you need people for help. But the problem is, and here's where I've seen even the Heat kind of forget it would seem because I don't think that they really have uh, like Anthony Davis went in uh, in today's game went and knocked down uh, a three-point shot. And even in his other one that he missed, it, it was I don't think it was that contested. Um, you know, I, don't, I mean, he, he's seven foot and he shoots above the set, so, I mean, nothing's really super contested for, for, for him. But you're, I see people leaving him a little too much, and whenever that happens, I get afraid, um, where it's like, hey, you, you got to make sure you have somebody close by. I, even if, you're, if that would, person would normally have help responsibilities, let's just ignore that for now and make sure that you are not abandoning Anthony Davis um, for easy catch-and-shoot catch looks. Uh, I, don't, I don't want that. Yeah, we don't have enough rim protection like you don't. With, without Bam out there in general. That's why you see the doubles. That's why Jimmy has to keep LeBron out of the paint as much as possible. I, no, I, I agree with 100% with that. I was trying to find the stats. Um, I know there's the shooting splits – on the uh, offensive side of the ball for um, teams. I was trying to see if there's a way to see the type of percentage um, teams were shooting against the heat and the pain from basketball reference. I'm not sure if I can find that on here, but I, 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 I do know the heat are not a great rim protection team. I think people actually, we actually give up a pretty high percentage at the rim in terms of uh, field goal percentage, but the, what the heat sh- was, were good at was keeping people out of the paint generally speaking. Which it has not been the case in this series because you've gone to the zone and because you've been playing without Bam, the offensive rebounds um, and putting Dwight Howard at the dunker spot uh, on, you know, with LeBron James at the high post, like that's been successful for for the Lakers if they've been able to have someone like Anthony Davis or LeBron James, just easy dunks, uh, sorry, Anthony Davis or Dwight Howard in that dunker spot with LeBron James operating from the high post, like, I don't know why we didn't see as much of that in today's game with, with the zone. I, I just I just don't understand because if LeBron James is further away, then you know you're able to. I mean, someone else is closer, and you're able to send the help from there. Where if LeBron James is there, you can't send the help off of LeBron James. So you're just you're stretching the defense out more in this zone. So that that that's that's the issue where I, I really don't. I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see. 
who primarily guards Bam? So that was Anthony Davis. That was a good idea. Um, he's able to uh, contest and um, you know hedge out on some of those um, Duncan Robinson DHOs, but we just haven't seen it as much because obviously Bam was injured. So if most action was to go through Bam, put the best defender on the guy who's going to have the most action ran through. Makes makes so much sense, and it was the right decision. And I mean, it was one thing where you saw. Um, I don't know if, if it happened in a switch, but early on, somehow Dwight Howard, Dwight Howard is on Bam, um, and uh, Bam hit him with the fake DHO and, and just abused him. Anthony Davis was on him a little earlier, and he did not get faked by that, and I think blocked some I, somebody at the rim, I don't know, Hero or someone um, who, who, who went in. But I, I was listening to our pre-pod, and I'd said, even if Bam gets a step on Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis is long enough to recover. Anthony Davis is a really tough matchup for Bam. The DHO, like they got to get the ball kind of out of Bam's hands and get him relocating more often than not because I think I think Anthony Davis can swallow up Bam for most of his aggressive offensive nature. Haven't seen that yet for the record because he's still hurt and hasn't played since game game one. But I, I, I'm not optimistic that Bam's going to have a high scoring series at any point, even if he comes back. The next question was: Does Miami take the Giannis approach with LeBron or AD? And well. Since Bam's exit, they have. It's basically been, hey, we're in the zone here. Our attention is being drawn. Out. I will say they didn't execute it very, very well in game two. Um, you know, they because Anthony Davis could get wherever he wanted to. But especially in game three, we, you know, you, you made sure that hey, our that this is our primary focus. Anybody else can shoot and beat us. Markeith Morris, great. You're knocking down threes. Phenomenal. Kyle Kuzma, you're knocking out threes. Great. Guess guess who's not? Danny Green and KCP tonight. So, uh, and and Rondo went um, went 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 cold, even though he's been unreal in, in these playoffs and in the finals so far. So, you it's it's the correct move, and the I mean it, it just leads into our final question: How long does it take Vogel to make the right adjustment? And I don't know. We'll see, because we still don't know who's coming back for the Heat. Because, honestly, if Bam comes back with the way they played today, it opens up another layer of like how much better the defense could be. Because Bam's going to cover up even more mistakes at the rim. And and maybe that allows our guys to stick to the shooters who are you know currently beating us a little bit, that being Markeith Morris and then Kyle Kuzma today. Like there's an opportunity to have even even more success, right? Like if if you do something where Bam is has his focus on either one of those when you one of those guys, um, then you don't have to send the doubles, right? So you have more freedom with those other guys. Or if you do leave him as the kind of off ball guy, well then guess what? You just you just have better rim protection anyways as it is. So him being a part of that uh, zone allows for you to. You know, be, 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 being the center there allows for you just to do what you've been doing, but but play it better, and it maybe unlocks something. And, and let's we're getting to some some new questions that we have, and one one that I have for you is: Should the Heat, because we've had Kelly Olynyk playing very well, and he was not getting many minutes until Bam went down, should the Heat go big and play, keep playing a lot of Kelly Olynyk, and even maybe you know continue playing some Myers, Myers Leonard at some point? Listen, Richard, um, I think the Heat should go big. I think the positives outweigh the negatives, and this is why. 
if we're going to play zone, which I think is the best defense to beat the Lakers, because guess what? They have two players there better than any of our players. Even though Jimmy was the best player on the court tonight, that's not the, the body of work does not suggest that he's better than Anthony Davis or LeBron James. So outlier performance. We got the win. Thank God. Continue to be the David Goliath story. What we have to do is we got to play to our advantages. And personally speaking, if I'm looking at Myers Leonard as a shooter, if I'm looking at Kelly Olenek as a shooter, aside from Duncan Robinson, for the season, they were the second, the third and second best shooters by percentage on this team. So what are they taking off on, on the offensive end? Not much. They're standing, taking threes, setting screens, just like Jay Crowder does. Jay Crowder's shooting really good in the series. I wouldn't take minutes away from him, but we're talking about Igadala, who is a good defender most of the time, but not a, not a small ball center good defender. I'm looking at, at playing Le- Leonard and, and Kelly Olenek more. It's just more size-friendly Davis to have to jump over, through, and around. I don't think, because we're in a zone, they'll get beat off the dribble at, relentlessly. Only LeBron and Anthony Davis have that ability anyway. We're already doing the triangle and two and boxing one on them, double-teaming Anthony Davis when he's into the post. Richard, I think going big opens up more options than it takes away. I wonder... And this is just me kind of having this moment now. So I, so I might t- talk me, or let me talk you through this and kind of see what you think here. Some One of the things they did in game two is they put their guards at the bottom of the zone and unfortunately it led to them just getting crushed on the, um, you know, on, on the glass. So, I mean, if you just go big, then you just have extra guys that can help um, with that. And they just re- they rebound them better anyways today, you know, as it is. They should. But, they had played bigger. Right. But, but I wonder... And so I, I, I wonder if you have Bam and another one of these big guys, you know, maybe maybe the big guy is kind of, you know, doing what he normally would be, kind of at the bottom of the zone, um, you know, playing hopscotch with, with, with the key, making sure that he doesn't get a three-second call and, and providing help and whatever else he's doing. Would putting Bam, like, at the top just to kind of muddle things up, would that, would that, would that be helpful at all or do you especially want because like if he's up there then maybe on times where you don't want jimmy because i my question coming up is jimmy fatigue um and so i wonder if if there are times when you're giving bam kind of the lebron duty um and you might want him up up higher a little bit where 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 if he if he begins to sag into the middle of the zone you've got him there um, or, or is that just taking BAM unnecessarily too far away? Um, even because essentially what you're doing is you're just putting him in that, in, in that role that kind of Jimmy was doing today. I don't, I just don't know if you want to give any of those minutes or if you think, you know what, Jimmy is fine doing it. Or maybe it's Jay Crowder who, who takes some of that responsibility or, or Iguodala whenever, although I guess it looks like we're trying to limit Iguodala's minutes. So I, I don't know. What, what, what are your, what are your thinking? Well, the idea of playing more Leonard and more Kelly Olenek, like that's just limiting ideally Igadala and Kendrick Nunn minutes. Because I'm thinking about both those two, Leonard and Olenek, as they're good at the high pick and like uh, the high um, dribble handoff stuff. Like Leonard, not as good as Kelly, but he's fine. He's serviceable. He's not a turnover prone guy at that position. And they're better shooters than Nunn. So like your shot creation can come from that high dribble handoff. And as, as well as they're better catch-and-shoot guys than none. So it's none's minutes, especially, like not, not not just Iguodala. If Iguodala wants to start running pick-and-roll, I'm all for Iguodala playing some minutes because I think he should be able to do that. He just, for some reason, that, that's either not part of the game plan or he's not comfortable with the ball in his hands like he should be. But 
I'm thinking, Richard, I like I, I'm I'm probably emphasizing it a little too much, but I'm looking at that box in one with Jimmy and, and the triangle in two, and I'm thinking if you want to put Bam in the Jimmy role or that he played tonight, I think that's fine. But then you, you complicate things on that back end because you always have to have Leonard or Olenek, whoever is in the center of that zone, leaning towards Anthony Davis' size, waiting for that crash, right? And so what I was thinking is if you do the tri- the triangle in two, you just have you know the whoever's the low man, Leonard and whoever else, always being there for that help, that quick help, but have Bam kind of rotating from center to like center um, in, of the zone or outside whatever side bams or whatever side uh ad's floating towards like you really gotta kind of amoeba it and be willing to super communicate which myers leonard does do very well he's a very vocal player on the court i I think there's a chance here that they can just confuse lakers by having how much jimmy butler and bam don't stay in one spot there's no like dribble like lebron dribbles in and figures it out, right? Because he's playing against Jimmy Butler or Bam. Honestly, even Jay Crowder and Iguodala, they can hold him a little bit of ways if Bam's back there helping them out. I think primarily, Richard, you, you just you got to amoeba with, with Bam shading, or even or if, you, if Bam's off the court and he's not playing again in the series, with Leonard or Kelly Olenek deep in that zone, but leaning towards Anthony Davis, even if he's on the, the far the weak side. you got you got to not allow Anthony Davis to get easy. Because he's... He, Aside from maybe Nikola Jokic, he's got the best toucher on the rim. And he he's honestly so good at it. He might have better touch than some guards. That's a little Cam nugget. Cam believes Anthony Davis might have the best floater in the game. That's a, that was a stretch. But he's really good. He's got incredible touch. You can't let him get to 10 feet. It's a bucket. And, and my only real question with it is just like, I want to prevent Jimmy fatigue because what, what he did today was was amazing. It was, it was an unreal... Um, show of effort and, um, you know, again, doing what he's doing while defending LeBron on the majority of, of these things. I just don't know how sustainable that is. I mean, I, again, you're dropping 40 points today. Um, and you're, you're having, what, 13 assists, was it? And, you know, so it's like, that's a lot of the offensive load that, you, that you're worried about and concerned about if you're Jimmy Butler. And to have on top of that the LeBron James responsibility when you know he's going to be not he's not going to be sitting back and just letting it happen in in game uh, game four right so I, I just I want to try to find ways to help Jimmy out a little bit and that was just something that just came to mind I, and I don't know like you said I don't know if it's help I don't know if it's helpful I don't know if it's good uh, it probably opens things up that in the moment here I'm just thinking like ah, I don't I, I mean, I'm not thinking of. But I just, I'm, I don't think Jimmy Butler can do this three more times, is what I'm saying. If, if you want to give Jimmy a break, though, I think Jay Crowder can do it for bits, and, Jay Cr- and Jimmy can stay, stay high on the zone, though. Okay. Because I want him coming downhill to, cra- to get boards, because he, he's really good at that. He's good at like being at the top of the zone, turning, facing, seeing the carom, and ch- running it down. He stole so many rebounds from Kelly Linick, who had a guy boxed out. Because he just took a beeline to the ball. Similar to how Russ did rebounds, but I'd say a little bit more, you know, orchestrated and not so, like, because they're not playing for stats out here. They're playing for, for possession. But he just, as soon as that shot goes up, wherever it's going, Jimmy can turn. And when he's not, like, a, in a primary, I had to box someone out. Like, I really like his ability to just go get ball. 
So I think Jay Crowder can steal some of those minutes, though. I I, I don't think Jay's a bad defender. He he just has to stay on his feet. Like he he can't be doing the flopping stuff if he's guarding LeBron. And having Bam having Bam allows you to not also say because Jay's taking a lot of the I'm the primary guy on on Anthony Davis. Come send the help quick because I need it. Right, and so he's taking a lot of that. Where maybe if you have Bam, then you don't need Jay to do quite as much of that. Um, it just depends. Depends how you want to. Depends how you want to defend it. Do you want to continue to send the double to Anthony Davis, um, or do you would you rather not have to as much if if Bam is able to take more of that of that responsibility? I don't know. And are the Lakers going to get more determined with their ability, like? involving directly LeBron and Anthony Davis plays. I feel like too often they're letting one of those guys float out there and like letting Anthony Davis cook from the high post or letting LeBron uh, decide who he's going to attack after the switches and eventually Jimmy comes running back. Like, are they eventually just going to say, you know what? I don't care. We're, we're running a pick and roll with Anthony Davis and, Lebr- and LeBron and you're going to send all five players to help, and then it comes down to the others. And I'm serious when I say that. If they run it, LeBron, Anthony Davis, pick and roll, I don't care if all five guys make it their way to the key. I don't yeah. care. No, That's I mean, what it, has it, to it's, happen. It's what you do. And because if any time LeBron James or Anthony Davis is not shooting the ball, that's a win if, you are, if you're the Miami Heat. And we said this from the beginning. You know, going to, to Lakers, to, to non-LeBron, non-Anthony Davis, Lakers three-point shooting, like game one, they were unreal. They were shooting like over fifty percent from three. And but game two and three, the aggregate of everybody has come down. Obviously, there's been a player here, or like today it was it was um, you know Kuzma and Markeith Morris. And if you go and you know look before, like Rondo's been hitting shots, right? And but you know Danny Green, KCP, they're missing and dropping. Like the percentage right now for three games is 34% from those guys, 35 uh, out of 103 attempts. So 34%, if that can continue to drop closer to 30, like you basically saw 30% or sub 30% from uh, the Lakers non-LeBron Anthony Davis shooters from three in games two and three, like that's where if you're devoting all the energy to stopping Anthony Davis and LeBron James and you're able to succeed to some degree, like that's the winning formula for Miami on defense. And like this includes the non-bubble part of the season, but the the Lakers shot 34.9% on the season from three. As a team, that includes LeBron and Anthony Davis. But as a team, this is about where they're at. And if we can get that as a Heat fan, as me including myself on the team, we're doing all right. Especially if the more we crash, like the more we crash the the key when they when LeBron and um, Anthony Davis get rolling towards it, they are going to get more threes. And the Heat do a pretty good job of scrambling out and getting. Like late contest, even though they're they, they're contesting, it probably doesn't affect the shot all that much. They're still running someone out there, giving up, giving that player that half second of thought, like should I shoot this or should I pump and go put it on the ground and get to get closer to the rim. Those those half seconds of of thought process that 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 throws it off enough. And if we can get thirty four percent, I feel good about good about staying in games. If Bam is back, then I'm gonna say yes. Uh, I don't I don't see this game that happened right now without bam happening again so like i don't know i i just i hope that hope that hope that bam is able to come back come back healthy because it, jimmy butler said at the end he said they're in trouble uh and i like obviously that's, that's jimmy butler but like if bam comes back and if vogel can't make the necessary adjustments i think that the lakers might be in 
trouble. I don't know if they're going to lose the series because, again, they have the two best players in the series. Um, but if those other guys are shooting around 30% um, from three, if they're able to make one of or, you know, one of LeBron James or Anthony Davis make life difficult on them, that's the winning formula for Miami. Obviously, we had Miami winning in seven. Um at the beginning of the pod, it seems a little bit dubious to say such things with with Dragic out and Bam having you know not played since game one. Um, but if Bam can come back, and if they don't make the if they don't make necessary adjustments, you know, this this series could go a lot longer than I think a lot of people anticipated. Yeah, so this this is where my hope lies: is in game one, Duncan Robinson 0 of three um, from three, Tower Hero two of eight. In game two, we got Duncan Robinson going. Two of seven from three. Tyre Hero going one of three. In game three, in a win, keep in mind, Tyre Hero going two of seven. Duncan going three of ten. The two flamethrower jump shooters for the Heat have not caught fire yet. They're they're, they're sparking. And that's that's why I'm not like 100% pessimist about the series. I'm like, you know, these two guys who can can swing a game. We saw Tyre Hero do it in the Celtics series. We've saw Duncan always gets the attention. He he can he can make all the shots he took tonight. In theory, like those guys still haven't had you know their game either one of them, and I can't rule that out as being something I can I can real realistically be optimistic that will occur. So even even without Bam, I can still see another one another win coming. Yeah, it, it, but if Bam's it, it, it's around, gonna, it's gonna have to take it's gonna have to take one of those those shooters going crazy in order for that to do it without Bam. I think. Like, I don't think the Jimmy is sustainable, but also is this not great shooting from those guys um, going to be sustainable? Are we going to see some positive regression in that regard? It, it, the, a funny like kind of thing is Jay Crowder has, um, in the games that they've won, he shot well. In this game, he didn't shoot very well, 2 of 8, um, and, and, they, and they won. So it's, uh, it's a funny thing, but... Jay Crowder needs to keep shooting. I mean, uh, even even if he sh- is c- continues to regress back down to his eventual thirty five percent, the fact that he's out there shooting is is what you need. Like he he has to be a floor spacer. He's going to get the open ones. He has to be willing to shoot them, even if he's shooting poorly. Um, but again, like the reason I'm thinking Myers Leonard has a role in the series. I mean, one of one. I know that's a small sample. But thing is, he's if if he rolls, he rolls hard. That's a dunk. If, if they don't cover him. If he spreads the floor, like they have to get out there because he will shoot and he he can shoot well. He shot 40% on the season. Same with Kelly Olynyk, he's a good shooter. Like those guys are better shooters than Solomon Hill, better shooters than Kendrick Nunn, better shooters than Derek Jones Jr., better shooters than Andre Godala. Get him shots. Solomon Hill was one for one today, Ethan. He was one for one. <laughs> I when he I, took it, I was like, oh my goodness. Oh, that was a, that was a confident shot too. It was. It was. He took a, a dribble shot. into it if I don't if I'm not mistaken. Still minus five in four minutes. Yeah, that was the that was the zero center lineup. I'm telling you, Richard, the Heat can't go small against this Lakers team. It is a big, big, big mismatch because even when the Lakers go small, they've learned from their mistakes and they're not going super small with Markeith Morris as the only actual big. Like Anthony Davis is out there being the small lineup. Yeah, Anthony Davis cannot be part of a small lineup. That's not how that works. Well, Ethan, um, I'm excited. I hope that um, in, in my group chat, um, I told people. At the beginning, before the series, that if the Lakers won in four or five, because you know, I I, I say you know, we got we got we got Lakers fans there, LeBron LeBron stands around, and you know, I, no slander to LeBron, like Le- LeBron is the best player in the world, but I said he seven. I told them I, I told them that, and they 
they were like, hey, um, they, they, they were giving me grief, like it's going for or a gentleman's sweep, right? You know, so like th those things are what's being said right now. I said, hey, if they, if the Lakers win in four or five games, I deserve to be, you know, roundly criticized. Um, and, and you can feel free, feel free to do it. And then I see game one, Dragic and Bam go out. I'm like, oh man, that's, that's, it's leading toward such things where it's like, even though I feel like I would, I, I don't deserve it. Like if, if they get swept and I try to point to LeBron Dragic, like there's really nothing I can say, but if we push it to six, then it's like, Hey, you know, try, try telling me a little bit. Right. I mean, if, if the Lakers win in six, I don't think that they're going to be, they're going to be like, ah, whatever. You know, but I, I'll time. never I'll never disclose my full feelings about how this series will go. I'll, I'll never tell because I'm picking Heat and seven. I mean, <laughs> I said Heat and four and ran away, but <laughs> I mean, you you can't look at the Lakers. I mean, we we pick the Heat and we have our reasons, right? And you know, mine mine definitely cur uh, curtailed by some fandom here. But we've we've drawn out the plan of success, in, in my opinion. And it can be executed. You saw it tonight in a smaller scale with an incredible performance by Jimmy Butler. But like, again, with, with Bam back, like all this stuff is possible. Yeah, yeah. I and know it, I'm a fan, and I know I'm a little irrational. Yeah, I mean, but... and and I, I know for me, I'm, I'm one to like think, you know what? Let's 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 just do it. Let's let's let's, let's just throw it toward you know because they've gotten this far and they're my support and it's a, it's a fun story. I people are people are speeding behind me. Um, but, but I just think you know what I, I do think that, that this series goes sub seven if everyone's healthy. Um, I don't think it's unreasonable to pick the Lakers at all. In fact, I think it's quite reasonable. They they should have been favored from the beginning. Um, I don't think it's unreasonable to say Lakers in six. But if you say Lakers in four or five with a healthy thing, it's like I don't know if I can go there. But I guess we'll we'll never know. And we just I, I just hope it hope it gets frisky. That's something that way I always hope for. I hope that by the time we pod next, the series is not over. Yes, I hope that too. I'll be in Indiana by the next time we pod, but I'm hoping that I'm going home to just watch the Heat bring it home. Well, Ethan, good talking with you today. And uh, we'll see it. Any Lake fans who are listening, stop. Go Heat! Indeed. Indeed.